0: this is stephanie and this is tony and we just wanted to talk to you guys in a quick second we just wrapped a podcast with bud scott
1: now bud has been on before but to talk about different things so um if you want to go back and listen he's one of our early episodes you can find it on the um on the so what's your story page and on itunes and speaking of itunes we would really really like it if you rate our podcast if you're listening to this i feel like the odds are like 80 ish percent that you're a subscriber. I mean some people could be listening on the uh on the web page, but I feel like you're a subscriber.
0: I'm gonna go with most likely a subscriber. Right. So if you're a subscriber and you like what you're hearing, um it would really help us out if you would go to iTunes and drop a review and uh give us a couple stars, hopefully more stars. I'm thinking than five. Five would be great. You can write an awful review, but if you give us the five stars we'll still be happy.
1: But if you don't want to write an awful review, if you want to um Write a, a word for us to haiku and limerick, guys. We will do that as well.
0: Yeah, if you just go to the so what's your story dot com page, if you click on the contact us, drop your information, drop us a word. We will make you a limerick. We'll make you a haiku. We'll put it on a postcard, and then you can put that on your fridge, and you know you have a little little bit of us.
1: So Bud's a flash fiction writer, and he does. Uh, he's got a series called "A Thousand Words," where he found uh, fifty-two pictures, and he was doing them over the course of the year, and writing one thousand words per week on each of the pictures, photos.
0: Yeah, so a picture's worth a thousand words and that's exactly what Bud did. And it's kind of a cool concept, you know, to think that, you know, he's cleaning through an attic and finding these things and, you know, then being in inspired to write, almost like using these pictures as a writing prompt.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they're like old, old-timey pictures. No one in there is alive, and he doesn't know any of them, or many of them. I think I think after the fact, he discovered who a couple of them were. But we'll let him tell you his story. So, uh, here's Bud.
2: I take a jeweler's loop, and I go over the pictures looking for clues, essentially. And uh, in the background of that one was the Slitz Hotel, which was in Atlantic City. So that was what gave me my little thread to to go on. Sometimes I'll put two or three hours of research in before I even start writing. I try to incorporate facts in with the story if I can, and I want them to be correct.
0: Hi, this is Stephanie Fowler,
1: and this is Tony Russo,
0: and you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story, a podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, the stories behind the story, the writing process, and any of those sort of miscellaneous writing stuff that we want to talk about. Today on the podcast, we have Bud Scott, a flash fiction writer. Bud has been writing in the genres of sci-fi, supernatural, memoir, and humor and human interest, and his current project is called 1,000 Words. Each story is inspired by an old family photo. So welcome to the podcast, bud. Thank you. So one of the things that I've always really liked about your project, and the thing that Tony and I are actually talking about before you got here, is that the concept for what you're doing here is really cool. So could you kind of let everybody else know what what kind of inspired this for you?
2: We were cleaning out my father's house. We were sorting out all the old photos, and we ended up with a whole lot that we had no idea who they belonged to. I said, I'm going to keep them. I knew they had a story there or something. Sure. And so at one of the writer's groups, uh, somebody, um, Joan, mentioned uh, that, we should, that I should do it as a, um, a blog to right. begin with. And then I started doing it as a blog, and then I said, I'm just going to go ahead and do this as a book.
0: So I love that notion of, you know, being in a, maybe I'm sort of romanticizing, it, but like being in a dusty attic and clearing away and all of a sudden there's this like, you come upon this little treasure or something, you know, and you kind of open it up and there's this, all these faces that you don't know.
2: Yeah, it was an old black suitcase full of pictures.
0: Yeah. And there's just and but these photos are from early 20th century. Yeah, early? some of
2: them go back to like probably the 1880s.
0: Oh wow. They could be families, members. Yeah. They could be just Yeah. happenstance, however. Right. But then you basically took a photo and then just kind of studied it and said what is this photo telling
2: me? Right. So like,
0: how did you kind of make that leap from photo to story? What was the inspiration behind it?
2: I like writing prompts. And okay. so it was kind of like that. Some of them had more. The very first one was, it was a studio portrait, but it was like around World War One vintage. And so once I figured out it was a studio portrait, it was like, okay, why would somebody have a studio portrait done? Mm. And then I was thinking it's so that whoever was going to work could take it with them. Okay. And so, you know, and so, that kind of spun off. Uh, the story. Right. So the
1: first part is figuring out what led up to the picture, and the second part is what followed in general terms. I know you have a couple where the photo is just not merely, but only a picture of the people who are in the story. Like you don't, like you don't always mention the photo. You don't always say like, Hey, let's get together and take a photo.
2: Right. Yeah. There's one, um, there's a little girl feeding chickens Mm. and the, the looks like the mother is on the other side of the fence talking to her. Right. And so it's all about the little girl and her, her chickens. Right. And how she becomes attached to one of them and it has to end up in the stew pot. Right.
0: As all good chicken stories yeah. do. Now, I like, remember there was one picture, um, it was like three girls on a beach. And it, it kind of looked, that picture looked to me like 1920s kind of a feel to right. it. Right. I remember you and I were talking about that story and, and I remember seeing the photograph and it was like, they were on a beach and you could see hotels in the background so, and I remember you said you started doing, like, research. Okay, what was the name of the hotel? Where was it? Right. And, and all of that.
2: Well, I I tend, I take a jeweler's loop, and I go over the pictures looking for clues, essentially. Oh, neat. And uh, in the background of that one was the Schlitz Hotel, which was in Atlantic City. So, that was what gave me my little thread to, to go on.
1: So this isn't just a writing prompt then, it's also a research prompt.
2: Oh, yeah. Sometimes I'll put two or three hours of research in before I even start writing.
1: And that's just to get your
2: setting and to get... Right. And, and to get, because I, tr- I try to incorporate facts in with the story if I can, and mm-hmm. I want them to be correct.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't want the Schlitz Hotel to, you know, be... You know you don't want to tell a story with something happening in 1930 when the hotel was torn down in 1920. Exactly, Yeah. yeah.
1: But you also want to kind of catch a balance with that. We were just talking about this two weeks ago where there's a fine line between showing off how much research you've done and then just demonstrating that
2: you've done the research,
1: right? Yeah. Do you find that? Do you, do you worry about overdoing it or?
2: I, I, I try not to put too much detail in, but I want if somebody tries to backtrack what I've written mm. by way of the photo that, they're going to find out that what I said was correct.
0: Yeah, you want to pass the sniff test. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So before this, you were you were mostly into science fiction. Um, recently, my daughters had uh, had to do some writing, and she came home and she said, "You know, what's postmodernism?" And I'm like, "We don't have that, that kind of time." But <laughs> she had to do a story on a postmodern writer, and um, I suggested Kurt Vonnegut because he's my favorite. Um, and I gave her a story that he had written and it was, uh, it was a critique of science fiction and, uh, it's, it's a great story cause it starts out, he's, he said, I, I, I wrote this story called, uh, player piano. And then when they did the review on it, I found out that I was a science fiction writer. I wonder when you, is, is that the, is that kind of your, when you do science fictiony type stuff, is that, is that your aim or is that your destination?
2: Ugh. Um, I think it's the aim to, mm-hmm. be, to begin with. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Right. But, uh, that's the aim. Well,
0: I've noticed the one thing about your stories, um, is that a lot of the times I'm reading this story and I'm kind of going along, going along, and then right at the end, you just snap, you just spin the story. You just sort of drop it in one sort of way to kind of, and I don't know, is that, um, Necessarily defying intention, or is it because you're trying to tell a story? And a you know, you're using basically a thousand words per photograph. Well, I guess but yeah, did, we didn't
1: explain that clearly. Oh, yeah, yeah, we probably didn't.
0: Right. We probably explained <laughs> so that each photograph you're doing an accompanying story of a thousand words.
2: Yeah, roughly. Yeah,
0: roughly. And then within that, but you always mean but you always want to twist it. Is there?
2: it's it's strange i'll be writing along and and somehow even without looking at word count i know basically where i am and that i'm to the point where i need to put that little thing in there so that's hard sometimes and other times it just flows
1: so do you you don't necessarily start with the with the twist at the end
2: I, sometimes i don't have any idea how they're going to end hmm. The other fool's errand that
1: I've been on recently is that when I exercise in the morning, um, I've decided I'm going to watch all of the Twilight Zones just in a row, just for as long as that takes me. They're not all great. <laughs> um, but the one that I was write, reading today, I, I actually wanted to mention to Stephanie about, it was about a playwright who created characters and like, they, would, they would come to life. They, he got to the point where his characters were so real that he was like creating the world that he lived in and and of course the twist is that the people around him who were angry about him creating this world he also had created in <laughs> in in the past this this idea of just developing relationships with characters that you don't really know until you do really know them right. is I, I is i thought a very a, a very specific thing to writing and character development.
2: Right. Well, in fact, the last one I just wrote, I had I had an idea of where it was going and how it was going to end, and it turned out completely different because it was, you know, it, it was about, it was basically about a bad kid who was, he was probably going to end up in military school, okay? He ended up going to work for a farmer and falling in love, and, and which turned him around, so that was the... Uh, <laughs> well- but it, but that was not where it was going to go,
1: and, and that and that was uh, the, the the Twilight Zone premise was his character would eventually the main character that he had to kill eventually got so strong that it wouldn't it wouldn't do what he wanted it to do. He said sometimes characters are so powerful that I can't get them to do what I want, but usually I can usually I can exert a little bit of influence and. These were the characters over whom he could not exert any influence, and eventually he had to destroy them because it was his story. Like in the end, it's your story, and you can't—you have to give the characters all of the all of the leeway you can, but you can't let them be in charge because they're not—they're not real. They don't have consequences.
2: I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, Uh, I'll create the scenario, and I throw them out there, and they do what they do. Yeah. I guess
0: I'm kind of this, in this school of thought with Bud that you know, in the very limited fiction that I do, you know, you spend time crafting a character. You spend time crafting their motivations, their their physical appearance, the way that you know their grudges, their likes, all these things. And then at a certain point, you they kind of start to like like a baby. They crawl, then they walk, mm-hmm. then they run. Right, yeah. and you know. I guess just my limited access to fiction. I just let them run, and then I'm just trying to chase and write down, you know, yeah. kind of what's happening. The, so was it sort of like that with these?
2: Yeah, and that's probably one of the reasons I really like the shorter pieces. Is because if you're doing something really long, then you
1: can't you can't they, if they if they get capricious, it's going to hurt.
2: Right. Yeah, and you're just and you're just getting involved. You're getting way too involved in in this imaginary person's life. You know. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: You're listening to So What's Your Story? And today we're talking with Flash Fiction writer Bud Scott.
1: Where this was going was that you've done also you've you've done like actual science fiction, and you you submit that to places. Is that is that your?
2: I, I've I've done a, a self published book that's out on Smashwords, but I really haven't. I mean, I've 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 submitted some stuff that was uh, you know online contests and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: how do you go through choosing which which contests to participate in and which not? We had a Nancy Sackdusky on a couple weeks ago, and she runs a Cat right. and Mouse Press. Yeah. And I was trying to think of the name of the contest. The
0: contest is Rehoboth Beach Reads. There you go. Right. She runs and Re- I am a judge, so please get your submissions in early before July
1: 1st. And what I was thinking, what we were talking about was how to figure out which... like. Because it's, it's, you have to, you have to pay to, to submit to it. And what she was saying is that when you, when you pay a submission fee, you should expect a value to kind of go along with that. And if you're not paying a submission fee, then you maybe want to be, want to wonder where the publisher's best intentions lie. So I was wondering, what, what's your experience with submitting? Um,
2: I've only done a few that I've actually paid for. Uh Um, Most of them were most of them were writing prompt type things that you know that was that was a a contest. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now you've also done a lot of the Twitter flash fiction as well,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah, I've
0: seen I've seen you do some posting on that. Or I guess it seems to me that Twitter would be sort of a, a natural fit for a flash fiction writer, only in the sense of the brevity. You have 140 characters to tweet. Yeah. You know, flash fiction is supposed to be condensed and small.
2: Yeah. it's uh, Twitter's kind of compact. Sometimes it's even hard to get a, a coherent sentence across on Twitter. Especially uh, if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did win a Twitter. It was a sci-fi thing. Uh, it was about time travel.
0: So time travel in 140 characters. Yeah. That, but that was tough <laughs> i couldn't imagine trying
1: to up so when you when you do that are you mostly whittling down or are you building up like yeah when you're trying to get to like a like a central point
2: well this was actually the entire story was like three sentences oh. uh so it it's it's just trying to cram it into 140 characters it's you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> i have Since so I've I've been on Twitter, um, I've been on Twitter longer than it says because I actually deleted my account when I got a smartphone and made a new one because that's how technically savvy I am. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, but I've been on Twitter for a long time, and when I was uh, a newspaper reporter, especially, especially, I liked the challenge to just make every word count. And that will help you with passive writing for sure right you you can't use the passive voice on Twitter because that takes you three extra words that you don't have. Do you find that using Twitter helps you to pare down your to be more efficient, I guess with
2: your regular flash fiction not particularly it's just apples and oranges just what, what you 're doing yeah. is what you're doing yeah.
0: Now, with the, the 1,000 words, how many chapters are you aiming for? I'm assuming you're not aiming for a 1,000 chapters. 52. 52.
2: One, one a week for a year.
0: One a week for a year. That's a good and, formula. And
2: I've just finished Chapter 45, so I've got Alrighty. seven more to do.
0: And so what is your intention once you get the 52.
2: I'm going to look for a publisher. You know of hmm. any good ones? I, I,
0: <laughs> uh, there might be a few on the shore. I could I could name.
2: I plan on it being a book. Some some of them are a thousand. Some of them are over a th- A little over a thousand. Some of them are a little under a thousand. So I'm figuring it's going to be fifty three, fifty five thousand words somewhere around there. Mm.
1: I know we've we've talked about this offline, but I would like the people who are listening to know. You sometimes get an inkling of who a person might be or whether they might be like, is there a family resemblance or any of that in these photos as you're going through them?
2: Some of them, you know, it's like, yeah, that may be some relation, but it's like, I don't know who they are. I had said at the beginning, if I definitely found out someone was a relative, that I was going to pull them out. Mm. But I actually found out that someone was a relative and... He's long since dead, so I'm not worried about it. And there are some that I've I've weeded through that I've finally figured out who a couple people are, and mm-hmm. so they've got they've they've made it their way out of the unknown pile into a.
1: And so that's another that's another problem that you have. You have more than 52 photos, oh, but only way 52 more, yeah. stories. Yeah. So how much time do you spend? Like, do you already have the next seven picked out, or you no, just look until something? It's
2: it's every. every I do this, I do these Sunday mornings, I get up, I start flipping through the pictures, thinking, waiting for one to talk to me, Yeah. and it's like, yeah, and and usually I'll come up with one, I'll say, well, maybe, and I'll put it in a pile, and I'll go through a couple more, maybe, you know, and then I'll I'll go to those and get to the point where one of them I decide on.
1: And now over the year many of these must have worked on you a bit. So now do you ever wake up on a Sunday morning and say, I know what photo I'm going to use today? Do you ever like looking for something particular?
2: Some occasionally, Uh, one in particular, um, it was the day before I was, I was out mindlessly cutting the grass, you know, and letting things just Mm -hmm. circulate through. And, And this story came to me in my head and I go, Oh, I know the perfect picture to go. And that's the first time I've, I've had the story right, to go right. with the picture versus, you know, the other way around. Right. So, and several people have told me on that particular story, in, in fact, Jeff told me, there's more to, to that story. You need to write more about that one.
1: Do you think that that's a function of looking at the same photos every week? for a year? Like, do, you, do you think, like, if you did this next year, do you think eventually one year would write itself, essentially? You'd be like, oh, I know what
2: story is going to go with this it's it 's possible, but i 've also um, like I said, I have the suitcase full i 'm basically working out of two cigar boxes now, and there 's still stuff in in the suitcase so i oh, wow. that i 'm not even going through yet, so it 's like it's an,
1: an unending uh... yeah
2: i've gleaned off the ones that i thought would be good yeah. ones and
1: and now you i i, I listen to a bunch of podcasts and a couple of them use patreon but you're the first uh, writer i ever talked to that used patreon to do to kind of half fund the the publishing of the book mm-hmm. how did you find out about patreon what did you what what was your idea for using <sighs>
2: it several people i knew have been using it for different things so i said I might as well give it a shot.
1: Now, and, just I'm sorry for people who are listening. Patreon is is like Kickstarter for the arts. How's that?
2: Kind of as 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 opposed to Kickstarter, where you where you pay the money and then at at the end the product becomes available. Right. With Patreon, it's you get a little bit as you go along. So um, that's why it's good for books. Yeah. Or yeah, because you're doing chapters and and whatnot. Right. Um. And so. I did the first twenty chapters on my blog, and made them available two at a time, just kind of rolling them, rolling them through. Um, and then when I set up the Patreon, it was anything after chapter twenty was pay as you go. Right. Um, and it wasn't expensive; it was a dollar, you know, a month. Just for, a little skin for, in the game. Yeah, for four for four, uh, you know, um, stories. Stories. Yeah, you know, two bits apiece. Hmm. Um, And so, uh, that was, that was the entry level and you got the four stories, Mm -hmm. two bucks got you the four stories and access to the past 20. Right. Um, five bucks got you some input on the chapter names. Uh huh. Um, I had some other steps in there too. Right. Yeah. The most anybody's given me is $5. I think, I think I'm making like $17 a month on this.
0: (laughs) And but I mean, that, but that's—I mean—that's nothing to like laugh at, though. I mean, that yeah. means that there are people out there who have are showing a vested interest in, in what you're doing.
2: I have made more in a month on the book that isn't published than I have in a year on the one that has been. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: I mean, that is a cool concept, though. I mean, uh, to think that you know, I mean. I also think it takes a certain commitment on your part, which obviously you know you've 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 demonstrated you know that commitment. But I, I certainly think it kind of almost holds your feet to the fire a little bit if you know these people are right. Yeah, know. and the
2: hard the hard part is, um, you know you know who who are you going to ask to be your patrons, your friends and family, anybody who's on your mailing list, right? You know? Yeah. So it's like, how many times do you send these people something saying, you know?
1: It's the, the, <laughs> the marketing aspect of writing is the absolute hardest yeah. part. You know, you feel like it'd be easier to just be a genius and have someone else sell your stuff and you can just, you know, sit in your room and create your art and let, right you know, and let, let them send you the checks for, for your ideas. It just unfortunately, or it fortunately,
0: to like yeah, you, 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 you you have
1: to, you know, you have, you have to go out and you have to find a way to make, you know, to make these things happen. Right.
0: You're listening to So What's Your Story? And today we're talking with flash fiction writer Bud Scott.
1: Um, we haven't talked about the obvious connection, but I do want to talk about it a little bit. Um, so a picture is worth a thousand words. Is that really where you started for naming yeah. your yeah. Um, your, uh, your project? Because one of the things that I always say is uh, 1350. Have I ever told you my 1350 story? No. Um, so... Um, i write for the internet a lot and they say that the shortest um blog post should be 350 words and i require a photo to go with every story so i always tell uh, i always tell our writers i, I say you know th- we i need 1350 words from you a picture's worth a thousand <laughs> come up with 350 more and 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 we've got and we've got something to put on do you ever find that like so the one that jeff mentioned uh jeff smith one of our one of our pinch hitting co-hosts and, and regular guests on this show. Uh, he mentioned one is going to be longer or he mentioned he thought one could be longer. Do you ever do you ever look at them and say, you know, I really should turn this into a short story or
2: well I'm actually um that one I'm playing around with in my head to be another book. Mm-hmm. Um, because there happens to be quite a few more pictures of this person. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's also um there's also some, some other pictures that that I've kind of framed around other chapters. So it's, uh, uh, I'm, it's 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 being written in the back of my head, you know.
0: Yeah, I feel like writers were always sort of doing that. We're all either always rewriting, actively writing, even if it's not pen to paper, fingers right. on a keyboard. There's there's always that gear that's mm-hmm. just con- like you said, you're cutting grass and all, that, but the gear is turning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's very much a, a writerly instinct. Yeah. Uh,
1: my my wife read this book, so I might get it wrong is the mrs peregrim's is that is that similar to what you're doing do you even know what i'm talking yeah, about? yeah
2: mrs peregrine's uh home for peculiar children yeah, yeah. uh those are
1: found photos
2: those were no those weren't found photos those, those but the, but yeah they were they were peculiar photos uh of uh of children uh that could do peculiar things but they were real
1: photos the photos were real they were they were like double double uh
2: Double exposed, or really?
1: or really? photoshopped, or, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, as I under. As yeah,
2: I think so. Yeah, yeah, I've read the book. It was a good book. Yeah, but, I, I haven't. That's um, why I was kind of stretching for that. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he and and the author let let left that one open for another book. Right.
1: <laughs> and and so. Do you feel like you want to do this for another year? What do you? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Once is enough, right? Yeah, I mean, may, maybe if I took a break, right? But but it's like you know, it's like you got to crank one of these out every week, whether you want to or not. Right. Because Especially now that you've got people paying. Yeah. You know, before 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 the you know when I did the first twenty, it was like you know if I don't get it out today, you know, it's, you know, and I have, I mean, I've, I've missed, I've missed the deadline a couple times and it's, you know, it's been Monday or Tuesday before it's ready to it's go and sent up. But for the most part, it's, uh,
1: no, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, you've got the deadline, but if the story is not ready, you, is that the idea you'll, you'll look at the story like you, you write something on Sunday, and you're like, I, "I need to, I need to work on this a little bit more." Or is it not getting the opportunity to write on Sunday? It's,
2: it's, it's not getting the opportunity to write. It's not no because if it's, it, it. These are not necessarily the finished product. Uh huh. Um, they're about as close to, as they're going to get at the moment. Um, but they are. I mean, these. These mostly take about two hours mm-hmm. from the time from the time I start typing right till the end. They're about two hours. So and it's a one sh- it's a one pass thing. I do them. Um, I print them out. I hand them to my wife. She reads them and marks them up and hands them back to me. <laughs> and I I fix it and it goes out. So it's like
0: so it's a little Jack Kerouac very
2: um, raw yeah of sort yeah of feel
0: to it.
1: And so, what do you have an idea for your next project? Do you think you're going to work through this book, or?
2: Uh, I yeah, it may be the the I, I may do a spinoff from that one chapter. Yeah, I'll have to see how it goes.
1: Yeah, I love I love telling people about like have you have you seen this? Uh, I, I like to I, when I see them on on the internet, I like to share them only because it's it's gutsy to say, I'm going to do anything for a year. You know, we, we talk, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people, I'm, I'm among them who will do the 365 photos a year and get to 14 and be like, yeah, no, I don't, (laughs) I don't want to do 365 photos of the year. I'll do 14 photos and then I'll just not ever look at that, you know, page again. So to, uh, to get that up and out is, is, is impressive. It's, it's an impressive, it's an impressive Task to set for yourself, and just as impressive to to go ahead and and hit it so
2: yeah and and some like I said, some days it just flows and some days it's you know it's much harder
1: yeah, I have that trouble with um what do I have that trouble with
0: limericks i do i I have trouble believing you have trouble with lim- limericks,
1: so the first thing I have to do is apologize to our listeners. Who I made fun of a couple weeks ago and said stop crying your limericks on the way because they're totally not. (laughs) But they will be Stephanie and I sat down and spoke about it and we will get them done this week. And certainly by the time you're listening to this they will be out. So if you're listening to this the month is possibly June. It is late May or it is early June. And you're having a wonderful summer, um, and um, your limerick, you're you're enjoying your limericks right now. They're on your refrigerator. I'm, I'm pr- um, I Have no doubt. Yes, I'm 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 telling I'm telling the future. But how do uh, how do they get their limericks so, And and their haikus. You know what? I also I hit too hard on the limericks and not hard enough on the haikus.
0: It's okay. It's you. I
1: know. It's really. It's, it's so hard. It's, to it's all me. about
0: you. I just let it go. <laughs> but if you like the show and you like what you're hearing, you can go to So What's your story podcast.com and there is a contact us button so if you leave your name your email and if you pick a word and you uh, put it in there and give us your address we will take that word tony will make it into a limerick i will make it into a haiku we will put it on a postcard slap the stamp on it and have, we're gonna pay a guy to bring it to your house.
1: Absolutely, and we really love doing them. I just we, we just fell behind. It was a, it was a busy. We, we got a few weeks behind schedule,
0: but we're we're, we're gonna knock those
1: out. I'm going ask Stephanie.
2: This is the part of the show where you hang. Yes.
0: Well, Bud, thank you so much for coming back on and talking about 1000 Words. It's great
2: being here. Thanks. So, what's your story? Was recorded at Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. Visit us at so what's your storypodcast.com where you can find past episodes, guest bios, show notes and all sorts of fun stuff. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and if you like it then feel free to give us a good review.
0: Tell your story